Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sapphire Wire podcast. I'm Lisa Johnston. And I'm Kyle Johnston. And today we're going to be doing ad talk and dissecting some of the political ads in both the governor's race and the U.S. Senate race in Kansas. So I think we're going to be starting with the Brownback ad. Is that right? That's right. Okay. He has a new ad out this week called Values. And so we'll just play a little snippet of that and then we'll talk about it. Well, I was raised on a farm in eastern Kansas. Uh, my dad and mom still operate it. I go out and help once in a while, but dad doesn't let me plant or drive the combine because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not old enough. And, but the values and the character that they gave me in that hard work on that family farm is just amazing. And we've got people moving back to rural Kansas. That's just music to my ears. Because that means families are coming in. Sam Brownbeck, Kansas. Okay, so that was the values ad. And I guess my initial reaction is pure schmaltz. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Leaning into, I'm a Kansan, I'm a Kansas guy, just like you. And for those of you who have never studied psychology or persuasion theory, that's what's called appeal to emotion. And it's something that politicians try to use quite frequently in their ads. But that one is entirely appeal to emotion. No facts, no plans. Yeah, and we'll post all of these on sapphirewire.com. So if you want to go out and watch them yourself, you can. Uh, but this ad, it's, it's pretty much just Sam Brambach sitting around on a farm with a kind of smattering of farmers, all older, coffee in hand. And he's just chit-chatting, making jokes, and it's, yeah, very much not talking about his platform, what he wants to do with Kansas, just get to know Sam, which he's pretty good at. Right, and that's what he leans into, and we talked about that last time. That's actually one of his strengths, yeah. is this likability, charisma thing, and he's trying to take that as far as he can. And I actually think that um, with this, coupled with a lot of his attacks about uh, you know, Davis's education advisor doesn't want rural schools yeah. and wants consolidation. He's leaning into this uh, rural uh, line of attack, if you will. And, and I really think that he's trying to do kind of what Jerry Moran ended up doing when he got the U.S. Senate nomination over T-Hart in 2010, because what happened in that race, if you ever looked at the county-by-county county results, is that T-Hart actually won some of the bigger populated areas, like the larger, more metropolitan counties, but Jerry Moran won all, pretty much, like the vast majority of the rural counties. And so he's really trying to lean into that rural strategy and hoping that if he can tip the balance toward him in a big way throughout rural Kansas and then also couple that with the number of Republican voters that there are in Johnson County, that that will carry the day. Yeah, it could be pretty effective. Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, the rural people love the attention. And of course, I do think that folks in rural Kansas sometimes feel neglected. I remember when you were designing uh, a logo for the KDP and you had uh, a sunflower esque kind of shape and it had three stars in it just because that was how you designed it initially and there were people in the party from rural areas of the state that said oh i'm assuming that means it's kansas city wichita and topeka yeah. so i do think that um 
you know, there is some sensitivity to we want attention to in the rural parts of the state. And so I think that uh, that's kind of a crafty strategy on his part to try to play into that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, anything else you can think of on that ad that you want to mention before we move on to the Davis ad? Nope. The Davis ad, uh, also out this week, uh, is also him talking about um, kind of his background, and this one is called Tradition. In one-room schoolhouses just like this, our Kansas tradition of strong public schools began. I'm Paul Davis. My parents were teachers. And I know Kansas can do better than Governor Brownback's largest single cut to school funding in state history. For our daughter's sake, for your kids and grandkids, we have to restore those cuts. Because education means economic opportunity. And I won't allow strong Kansas schools to become a thing of the past. Okay, there's that one. Now... My reaction to that is he did, you know, lean into the schmaltz angle a little bit and the appeal to emotion, talking about, you know, my parents are teachers and education is important. But then he actually coupled it with this is important to me. Here's what I want to do. So there was some emphasis on a plan. Uh, So it's nice to have a little bit of a balance, which you didn't see at all in the brown back end. And he also does get into a little bit of an attack uh, calling out Brownback's cuts to education, which is uh, probably something confusing for voters because Brownback claims he's raised money for education by record levels and uh, Davis is claiming that he's cut education funding by record levels. So I think for voters, it's going to be kind of a confusing message. But if I think Davis continues just hitting on that simple theme of Brownback is is cutting funding for education, it could be effective. Yeah, he definitely needs to hit that. But he does need to say what the distortion is and people who have analyzed the numbers as i understand it have said that the reason brownback gets away with that is because he put a bunch of money into teachers pensions which is not the same thing as putting money in the classroom or increasing base aid per student and so i agree that davis can't get too far in the weeds because then you lose people but i do think he said should say you're not putting money in the classroom, Governor. The yeah. reason that you're saying you put more money into education is because you put a bunch of money into the pension, which is fine and good, but that doesn't help students in the classroom. So he needs like a, a really succinct, pointed attack to like debunk that, oh, record amounts of money in education, because that's not true. And then he needs to say, base aid per student was once $4,400 a pupil, and now we're at, I think it's like thirty-eight or thirty-nine hundred. Yeah. I haven't seen the the exact number recently, but it's much lower. And so he needs to say that number has gone way down. We need money in the classroom. I mean, he needs to jab at him. Uh, visually, this this ad I think is uh, it's pretty well done. The the quality of the the film is nice. He's situated in a one room classroom, so I think you know when we think about rural schools and kind of where people maybe grew up uh, out in western Kansas, uh, they might associate with that. But this ad does feature uh, one of your pet peeves from Davis. <laughs> yeah, I guess so I'll, I'll mention that. that. Before I do, though, how did you feel like the, visually the Brownback ad compared? Did you feel like it was on par in terms of the quality of the visual? Yeah, I think quality-wise, they're they're pretty equal. Um, so they are, it seems like they are working with professionals, and uh, it's a highly professional production, so it's both pretty impressive. Okay, now my pet peeve. 
For whatever reason, and I talked about this in our first podcast, Davis has chosen to use this phrase, restore the cuts. And I don't like that phrase. I think it's very confusing. Um, And people might say, oh, they'll know what he means. But in a high-level race like this, you can't pick ambiguous language because technically restoring the cuts means that you are imposing or reinstating or ensuring that the cuts stay so what he should be saying is either restore the funding yeah or revoke or reverse the cuts or something like that or coupling those in some way but i hate that phrase (laughs) restore the cuts he's got to stop using that because i think he's he's potentially opening himself up to some criticism and i think a lot of people know they know what he means and the context of what he's saying sort of give you a sense of it but i absolutely hate that phrase and wish he would stop using it well it sounds like we're going to continue hearing it for the time being he's been using it a lot oh i'm sure oh he'll use it through november i mean even if he were to hear this i'm sure he's he's i mean he's he's all in on it it's in it's in his commercials so i imagine he's going to keep using it yeah so number three is this the republican governors association one yes and this ad came out immediately after the primary so they didn't waste any time it seemed like they had this one in the queue and it follows a pretty common pattern and let's see if you can guess what that is (laughs) when few supported barack obama there was a liberal lawrence legislator who believed paul davis helped organize kansas for obama then davis was an obama delegate at the democrat national convention and four years later after the failed stimulus massive bailouts record debt a stalled economy and the obamacare disaster paul davis was right back at the democrat convention with obama as obama's delegate paul davis don't delegate kansas to an obama liberal so I think with that one, they were just trying to kind of set the record for how many times they could mention Obama in a commercial. I think it was about once per second. It was a little little ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And that's that's this tried and unfortunately tried and true strategy of link the candidate with someone who has low approval ratings or someone you know is questionable. So that's going to continue, of course. It's like link everybody with Barack Obama or Harry Reid or Nancy Pelosi or some some Democrat that people react to to try to say they're all they're all in the same same group they're all going to do the same thing to try to scare people it's a scare tactic it's used pretty routinely and I think the Kansas Republicans especially have been using that tactic not only in advertising but definitely in mailers so pretty much every mailer you get from Uh, kind of the far-right Republicans, it's like even against some of the moderates, they're pairing those people with Obama and some of the, you know, Senate and House Democrats. So it's like, it it seems like it works, so they're sticking with it. And, you know, it might be questionable this time around. It seems like the polls aren't quite as strong for some of the incumbents, but but we'll see. Yeah, and it was really interesting that they used that very same strategy for the political cannibalism, like Mm -hmm. with, for example, um, Tim Owens who uh, was formerly the senator Mm -hmm. in the 8th district, they used that when he was running, he and Jim Denning were running for the nomination. There are all kinds of mailers, tons of mailers that went out with like pictures of Tim Owens, lifelong moderate Republican with Barack Obama saying he supported Obamacare, which Tim was always a very vocal opponent of Obamacare. But, you know, those kinds of scare tactics, unfortunately, 
they they work when people don't get all the information they need and they just assume that what they're hearing is true. People are like, oh, he's for Obama and I don't like Obama. And so people need to be careful, more careful about those ads. But unfortunately, they do have an impact, which is why they keep using them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, ad number four. So this one is called Direction. This was put out by the Davis campaign early in September. Um, and it's actually fairly clever, so it doesn't follow kind of the normal template of a campaign ad. And I think he actually had two ads that came out about around the same time, but one of them was pulled shortly after it came out. For controversial <laughs> reasons, yes. Yeah, you can look that up. <laughs> so this is the one that, uh, that stayed on the air, and it is called Direction. So we'll watch this or listen to this. Paul Davis, common sense Kansan who likes proven solutions. So I hired Jerry, professional driver, to demonstrate the direction Governor Brownback's been taking our state. With a historic cut to education, slow job growth, and three Kansas credit rating downgrades in one year. And now Brownback says he's going to hit the accelerator on his agenda. I'm Paul Davis. Kansas can do better. Jerry, don't hit the accelerator. Yeah, that one's uh, pretty amusing. Now, I do hope that uh, Davis got permission from Anthony Hensley because for years he's uh, used this bit in his speaking where he talks about if you want to go forward, you put it in D and the Republicans, you know, you put it in R and you go backward. So hopefully you got permission from Hensley because that's uh, clearly borrowing the, the concept for the ad for sure. Yeah, I'm sure Hensley was happy to let him use it. Uh, they've been good friends or at least colleagues for quite some time. So the visuals in that ad, uh, like I said, very clever. The setup is, is Davis sitting in a car with a uh, someone who's dressed like a race car driver and they're driving fairly quickly in reverse uh, throughout the ad. So again, it doesn't follow the kind of typical template of politicians shaking hands and kissing babies and, you know, talking about themselves. So it's it's clever, which I appreciated. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was very good about it. It's off the beaten path. And I think it's more attention grabbing yeah. because of that than, you know, the traditional fare of, hey, I'm the best and I want this and I want yeah. that. Or, you know, it's it definitely has. I mean, he threw some facts in there about, you know, this is bad. But, um, yeah, it, it it's more edgy. So I think that that one was more successful uh, in some ways than the schoolhouse one, uh, just because it's so different. And the only thing I didn't like about it was the closing line. It felt like kind of a soft landing. It felt like, it, you know, he could have said something that was... Uh, kind of funnier or uh, maybe snappier but other than that I like you know what I wish they would have done I wish they would have run into something <laughs> that would have been good like a big crash like whoosh, like a Mythbusters style like <laughs> something I mean not with them in the car obviously <laughs> but it would have been funny if they filmed like the car like smashing into something and like <laughs> not sure about that <laughs> well it would have been it would have been catchy i mean and it would have followed through with the idea of like when you go fast in reverse and toward the wrong thing you're gonna have a calamity maybe put it in the ditch or something yeah i don't know i think that would have been amusing better than don't hit the accelerator jerry <laughs> or whatever his name was so now ad number five switching races here yeah so we're switching to the u.s senate and we're going to start with an online ad that the roberts campaign put out uh, immediately after the state fair debate so um, they haven't aired it yet they haven't aired it it's online only so it's, okay. a, it's a 60 plus second ad so normally tv commercials are of course 30 seconds 
Um, so this one, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because they captured a lot of footage from the debate and they were able to use a lot of Orman's uh, statements, uh, the statements he made in the debate against him, which was fairly clever. So we'll play this. So who is Greg Orman, really? Orman's run against Pat Roberts before as a Democrat. In fact, Orman's given 38 grand to liberal Democrats. Orman gave thousands to Hillary Clinton, to Harry Reid, and to Barack Obama. Like Obama, Greg Orman will say anything to get elected, even pretending he's a conservative like Pat Roberts. I agree with Senator Roberts. I agree with the senator. I don't disagree with the senator. I agree with Senator Roberts. By the way, just so we're clear, I agree with the senator. I just want to know when you're going to take a stand and tell us what party you're going to caucus with. Are you going to be... Are you going to be a Republican one day and a Democrat the next and a Democrat one day and a Republican? Where are you going to be? Phony politicians like Orman and Obama are the problem. Principled conservatives like Pat Roberts are the solution. I'm Pat Roberts. I approve this message. <laughs> so that was kind of a twofer. So they use that kind of familiar template we talked about earlier of pairing a candidate with, you know, Democrats, the the terrible Barack Obama and Nancy Pelosi, but, but then they quickly switch to who is this guy and, and what does he stand for? But I will say that prong one, the pairing with the people, mm -hmm. has a lot more impact because he did actually give money yeah. to those people. And yeah. that is documented. You can go out and see, you know, you can look up who gives campaign donations. So they are really going to try to hang that right around his neck. Oh, yeah. We've definitely seen that. Now, the Orman campaign came out pretty strongly uh, against this ad immediately after it came out. So they've claimed that they uh, misused Orman's remarks and have taken them out of context. But really, if you go back and watch the debate... Um, they're really using what he said. So we, we talked yeah. about that last time around in, in that Orman making that statement of he needs to be careful of, of how much he's saying he agrees with Senator Roberts. Yeah, I didn't think his criticism held up at all because, you know, thinking about just watching the debate, you know, okay, maybe they didn't do like 100% accurate editing and maybe there was a mismatch on the lips and the audio at some point, which seemed to be the major criticism that they made. But, you know, he said those things and he did numerous yeah. times yeah. say, I agree with Senator Roberts, which I vocally criticized him for last time. I mean, you know, that that could come back to haunt him because, I mean, Roberts approval rating right now is low. So do you really want to be pairing yourself with him uh, so much? I mean, yes. Of course, you know, he wants to show that he's not, like, simply an ultra-liberal running as an independent. I mean, he wants to show if he has positions that are more centrist or center-right or whatever. But there, there's another way to do that. I mean, he can say, you know, if there's a topic and Roberts is saying, this is important because of X, Y, and Z, instead of saying, I agree with him, he could say, you know, this topic is important and we do need to know, do X, Y, and Z, but, you know, we need to also do A, B, and C. And Senator Roberts, you haven't done that. You know, yeah. he needs to come after him in that way and stop using that phrase. <laughs> there's, there's a way to say that you have a center or a center-right position that may be in some ways similar 
to Roberts without saying, I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. Because then what's the motivation to vote for him? And, you know, they're going to continue to use uh, his donation history. And I imagine, I know that the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, of course, has swooped in and they have tried to take over the Roberts campaign and help him out. So I imagine they may be throwing some money in. And so even though that's an online ad now, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if we start to see televised ads that have that same theme. Oh, yeah. They could easily cut that down to two 30-second ads and, and have some pretty effective messaging. Or maybe even a 60, because, of course, uh, Brownback, I think, has been using some 60-second ads yeah, for possible. his campaign. I mean, if you have enough money, you can get away with anything. Exactly. Okay, well, the last ad is uh, from Orman, right? Yes, yeah, so this is an ad from the, from the Orman campaign, so it started running early in September. And so this one's called Independent, so it focus on, focuses on his position as an independent and kind of what he's bringing to the race. If we want to get things done in America, we need to have true independence in Washington. People who are willing to stand up for the best idea regardless of what party it comes from. Our system's broken. Problems that we have as a country aren't getting solved. I'm a businessman who solves problems every day. I believe that we can become the place you go to start a business, that we can become the innovation nation, but we can't do that with the current leadership we have. I'm Greg Orman and I approve this message. Okay, so he's leaning into, uh, you know, the divisiveness in Washington and people's, uh, you know, I think distrust and disappointment with Congress yeah. right now. And I mean, that's that's a theme that resonates. And, you know, he's his big message, of, of course, is I want to solve problems. I want to solve problems. And, you know, that has some merit. But as I have said before, I think he needs to go further than that he needs more of a message than that particularly in the debates he's got to flesh out something more than that so i think it was a fine ad you know i think it's fairly boilerplate and fairly expected well i think other than the fact that you know he's running as an independent so that's something kind of new and fresh and i think he needs to you know lean into that so people understand that he's not uh, you know, if, if he's running against Roberts, people who aren't following the race closely might assume he's a Democrat. Right. So I think it's important to kind of set that up in people's minds and let them know he is doing something different. And with, as you kind of touched on, Congress's approval ratings are extremely low right now, I think, mm-hmm. you know, lower than they've ever been. Um, I think it's important that he kind of uh, sets up that he's bringing something different to the table. Although the, the question that raises in my mind when I hear something like that is, you know, it's, it's one guy. So it's going to be uh, if he wins this race, it would be him and Bernie Sanders' independence in the Senate and how much, you know, if those two guys work together, that's probably questionable. But that's a caucus you, of two, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but I don't know, you know, how much change can you can you bring to the table as, as one person against, you know, the, the status quo. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be. And I, I think Orman probably is going to regret the fact that he... Uh, started a campaign as a Democrat against Roberts in 2008 because, of course, that was something they talked about in one of the Roberts ads. And they're going to try to, you know, hang that around his neck, too, and say he's saying he's independent, but he's really just a Democrat in disguise. And so 
uh, ironically, Orman probably would have been a lot better off and had a lot more credibility running a campaign as an independent if he hadn't already sort of put his toe in the water as a Democrat in 2008. Uh, they're definitely going to remind people of that at every opportunity that they get to do that. Yeah, and I would, I would assume and hope that he's prepared for that and maybe has some messaging ready to go that would say, you know, this, you know, the Democratic Party I found wasn't a fit for me. And I know the Republican Party's moved to kind of extreme angles. And, and so I'm staking out this claim in the Independent Party. And one of the ads that we that we didn't listen to today, but we can post on SapphireWire.com is an ad he ran in the primary. So uh, Roberts was running against Milton Wolf. Um, Chad Taylor's running on the Democratic ticket against uh, Patrick Wiesner, and uh, and Orman had kind of staked out this position in the middle. And that ad that he ran during the primary, which I thought was very effective, and, mm-hmm. and again it was different, much like uh, Paul Davis's driving in reverse ad, but it was basically just people playing tug of war. So it was representing kind of the Republican and Democratic party kind of pulling against each other and not getting anywhere. So it was him kind of saying, you know, I'm not going to play these games. I'm out here on my own bringing something different to the table. So, um, you know, I think if he can hone in on that kind of message and really get people to understand that, I think it it could be effective. I think it's a shame in some ways that he used that as early as he did because I think it would have been better to play the ad he's playing now earlier and then use that ad. I know why he used it to some extent when he did because there was all the primary infighting going on, but I think he should actually resurrect that and start yeah, airing absolutely. it more because it's a really it, a really effective ad in the sense that it, you know, speaks to that partisan tension and the back and forth and the gridlock and no progress. And so in in some ways it was a really good ad, but of course he aired it and then now he's switched to this new yeah. ad. So I think he needs to go back to the old ad. But to your point about you know, staking out this position as an independent, the debate at the state fair certainly showed that he is not yet prepared to fully articulate that. Because when Roberts attacked him and says, you know, you haven't said who you're going to caucus with. Are you going to be a Democrat one day and a Republican the next? It was time for closing statements at that point. So it was timing-wise not very good for Orman, but he needed to be nimble enough that he gave up a few seconds at the beginning of that closing statement and yeah. said said something, what I would have said is something to the effect of the mere fact that you asked that question, Senator Robert, shows how much a part of the problem you are. It yeah. doesn't have to be just Democrat or just Republican. We can have independent voices in Congress. Yeah, you exactly. know, he needs to be able to lean into that and articulate it and be super passionate about it and go after Roberts as a partisan. But he totally felt flat and the visual which they show in the commercial of his face i mean he was just crestfallen i mean he did it looked like i don't know if he felt this way but it certainly made it look like oh crap i don't know what to say yeah yeah and he needs to be prepared to say i am an independent we need fewer people caucusing with either party and just trying to be an independent voice for their state yeah you know he's he's got to lean into that kind of messaging so definitely uh you know, and I, I really think too the ad, you know, I've made that comment about his voice being rather nasal, especially at the end where he says, I approve this message. You can, it really comes <laughs> through. I, I don't know, maybe other people aren't noticing that as much, but I think, I think, you know, it's one of the optics that I think he would benefit from working on, especially prior to the next debate. It would be good if he works on the speaking style and works on that forceful, uh, messaging about being 
a proud independent and yeah, exactly. not wanting to be partisan. And then also fleshing out what problem solving really means and yeah, kind exactly. of delineating, here's what I want to do, which you haven't done. Yeah. You know, and being very pointed about it. Yeah. I know he's, I think Orman is falling into the trap that I feel like I fell into in 2010 as a first time candidate because you don't want to seem like a nut job. Especially when there's so much arguing and so much partisanship and you know that people are frustrated by that. And so you want to you want to seem like the person who's rising above it and you're very reasonable and you can occasionally agree with people. So I understand in some ways why he fell into that trap and why he made the mistakes that he did. But the problem is people want to know you can do that. But during the campaign, in order to get votes, you've got to be very forceful, very passionate, and you can't do too much agreeing. Otherwise, you set yeah. yourself up for failure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that was a lot of fun, our ad talk uh, segment. So thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll plan to be back with another episode next week. And like we said, we'll post uh, all of these commercials on sapphirewire.com along with a copy of the podcast, so you can subscribe to it there, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye everybody.